0: Support for Great Minds is provided by The Wine Store, located at 1200 Central Avenue in Naples. The Wine Store offers a unique selection of wines from small production, artisan, and family-owned wineries. Their in-store wine education center hosts classes for the novice and connoisseur alike. Details are at thewinestorenaples.com. You're listening to Great Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends look deep into the glass for the meaning of life. That's what we do. Yeah. Today, the meaning is to lighten up, if just a little, from red to rosé. This Saturday is rosé day, perfectly timed as the weather heats up and room temp red gets a little hefty. I'm Gina Birch. And I'm hefty. No. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Julie Glenn. You know, some people call white, uh, call
1: rosé the white wine for red drinkers. Mm -hmm. Other misguided poor little souls seem to still think that it's all sweet white zen-esque plonk. But of course, these are the people that are our age or older who dipped into our parents' stash during those ill-advised times when Kool-Aid flavored stuff infiltrated society. Those (laughs) days are long gone, though. And if anybody still believes that, you need to really get with the times there's this new thing called the internet and (laughs) social media. Anyway, I'd venture to say that the young'uns today haven't even experienced that, so let's all raise a glass so that we can cheer to that new era
0: of people not even knowing what white Zen is. Indeed, indeed. And there's a little bit more to cheer as well, Julie, because I was reading some stats from Nielsen and they, they took the data from a 52-week period that ended May of 2019. And Table Rosé accounted for 3.1% of total wine dollars spent. And that might not sound like a lot, but it was an increase of 33.9% from the same period in 2018. Sparkling Rosé saw an increase of 20%. Um, so it's just been going, going up with no signs of really slowing down. That's according to the Nelson, the Nielsen's Beverage Alcohol Practice Area based in Roanoke,
1: Virginia, where I'm going to be moving soon and looking for a job because apparently they do all the data analysis. What's
0: the practice area? The practice <laughs> I want to go area. practice. I'm practicing alcohol right now. <laughs> I'm practicing social distancing with alcohol right now.
1: <laughs> my hands smell of alcohol. Mm-hmm.
0: And so does my breath. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why I like you so much. <laughs> you know, when we speak about uh, Rose, Provence is widely considered the mothership when it comes to rose. Um basically the drinking water is rose wine, wouldn't you say? Yeah, pretty much. And that's about all the half. It's a glamorous part of the world too. Yeah. You've got, you know, Cote d'Azur, all the oh, yeah. beautiful places. Saint Tropez. Yeah, isn't that technically in uh, Provence? I think it is.
1: I think that's where they make Bande Soleil. Yeah, well, for the Saint tan <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Kicking back to the '70s <laughs> again in the white zin. Sorry
0: about that. <laughs> well, you know this region. You know the the wine, the Provence. When you hear provincial style, it's a, a lighter pink color. And rosés from here account for some of the most sold in the, in the U.S. However, it, this is a little interesting fact that uh, the Languedoc region of France, which is also in the south, actually produces more rosé than, than Provence. Um, so they produce more, but Provence gets all, probably because what you said, the glamorous lifestyle. And, you know, Languedoc's always kind of been the redheaded stepchild, pun intended.
1: Yeah. Old school folks, though, who know how to market to, you got Domaine Aute, um mm-hmm. That's just very well known with their iconic bottle. Um, very shapely, if you will. Ooh. And the first one that we're having today, we already have one in our glass, um, is a shapely bottle as well. It's got that kind of long skinny neck and then like a low shoulder thing. Not Syrah mm-hmm. low, shoulder, low shoulder, but a little bit wider. I love when bottles are
0: interestingly shaped like that. This is a very feminine kind of shaped bottle, and the color is very feminine, too, like ballet pink. Yep. And it's just... Uh, it. it you know, it looks like it's going to be... Win- oh, we didn't even say which one we're drinking, though. It's a mystery wine. Yes. Chateau
1: La... Go for it. Gordon. <laughs> La Chapelle <laughs> Gordon Cuvée.
0: Yeah, it's the La Chapelle Gordon Cuvée. And it's really an interesting blend. It's got black grenache, Senso, uh, Syrah, and Roll, which is Vermentino. And when I think about, you know, Provence, I always think of Syrah and Grenache. But this is really an interesting black grenache... And uh, and then putting that little Vermentino in there to brighten things up. This winery is all organic. Um, it's you know they're harvested at night. The grapes are and uh, when it's a lower temperature and it's just it's a really cool way to do it. And it's kind of standard operating procedure over there, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. They said that they do uh, the Tete de Cuvée, which is fermentation occurs partly in French oak casks for three weeks. Once it's completed. Enologists and cellar masters meet to decide the perfect blend in terms of colors and aromas, and balance. So it sounds like they do the sangria, and then throw in the white to figure out what the balance is going to be. Right. It's kind of interesting to bring it
0: up. Yeah. You know, it's it's I the the whole puzzle of grape making is or, or winemaking with all the grapes is always fascinating to me, and that's why I love when we have winemakers in here too kind of tell us how they go go through and put those pieces together because there are so many things you can do. So let's try this
1: light white. Uh, mm. What do you think? Do you like it? Mm.
0: It's very lean. Lean lean bean is what it Dry, is. Dry, tart, acidic. Yeah. I want some fatty cheeses with this. I really want some cheese. Yeah. yeah. Some sheep's milk mm. cheese would be great. Oh, yeah. That would nice, be awesome. Nice, creamy, delicious. Or even Chev. Chef would be perfect with this. So, yeah, I think with this one, because if people pick it up and take a sip and expect it to be really fruity and a fruit bomb or sweet, yeah, it's not Sometimes they just at all.
1: like really awesome strawberry flavors and stuff.
0: There's, I don't really get a
1: whole lot of fruit on this at all. I get
0: a tad on the finish, but not as much as I was expecting You should get it
1: up front and in your nose with right. fruit, mm-hmm. you know? So this is pretty subtle, uh-huh. which is kind of how the French are, right? <laughs> in Sorry.
0: some aspects, yes. It
1: was kind of cool when you're talking about this area in Provence, and you talk about the role, which is the Vermentino, kind of makes you start thinking about the that area and its influences on places like Corsica and Sardinia, the mm-hmm. islands just uh, off the coast there. Corsica, of course, being French, and Sardinia being Italian, and the Vermentino in Italy, and how the grapes from Provence just kind of infiltrated on down with the Savoy re- when the Savoy people uh, had those parts
0: of Italy and the islands. So it's kind of it's cool. History is always wonderful. I love it. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. So um, so we give this a thumbs up for Rosé Day for sure. It would be a great replacement for water too.
1: <laughs> if
0: you don't trust
1: your local water <laughs> and you feel that there's too much what fluoride or whatever Anything. in it. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and that's not an indication that this is a watery wine. It just goes down so yeah, good like it's... It, mm. No arms and legs sticking out of that one. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. So I know that you're a big fan of certain regions in France, and especially when it comes to rosé. Yeah, I got to tell you, man. There's
1: one rosé, one of the first of the many that I have loved in my life. And it is from Chinon, and it's a Cab Franc. It's a rosé import from Kermit Lynch. The producer is Charles Joguet. It usually comes in under $20. It's a super cool vintage old-school label, and the wine that I remember from it is one that I love every single year. It's always consistently wonderful and a cool-looking bottle. And it's one that's exported pretty widely? Like, I could go find that, do you think? Yeah, Kermit Lynch Imports has, um, they're in Berkeley, um, in California, but they also have really good distribution uh, throughout the country. And I, I shudder to say the price, but usually it's retail's, Around 20 or under, depending on mm-hmm. the tax structures of your area and, you know, your local store. And
0: You know, it's interesting when you talk about, which is a whole a subject for a whole other uh, time, but distribution and importers. And when I see Kermit Lynch on the label, I always give it a second thought because I, I feel like those are so well sourced and thought out, His por- the portfolio in the, the Kermit Lynch, that um, I would... I would give it a try over something else I didn't recognize. Absolutely.
1: I agree with you. You know, he has built relationships with winemakers over in France since way before Americans even tried to start pronouncing Merlot correctly. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Merlot. Merlot. So he is the one that has been over there forging these relationships, helping to nurture young winemakers, getting to know and gaining the trust of older winemakers. And um, as an importer... I pretty much trust everything that he gets because he tends to get things that are representative of the grape and the region. He doesn't get stuff that he knows he's gonna move a bunch of pallets. Right, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. It's not that kind of guy and he cares about it. And that's kinda of why I got into wine in the first place, because of all the the good, you know, history and the stories behind it and the the culture surrounding it. That's what I really love about it and so does he. So therefore his wines almost always inform my impression of a region.
0: So I'm, that one I is like from that. him, yeah. So, but the one I brought in because I couldn't find <laughs> ones that I knew you like, I did find a cab franc from California, and I brought in. It. It's from Steele. Jed Steele does this. Um, it's it only makes about four hundred cases, and. It pretty much sells out r- as soon as it's released. Really? And wow. look at the color. I went ahead and, and dumped my Provence, and I'm moving on to this. Me too.
1: But it's interesting it, because I know the Chinon is well-known for being uh, fairly uh, dark, mm-hmm. and I think that could be the Cab Franc uh, influence on it. I know that Cab Franc has a pretty
0: hefty skin. That looks darker in the bottle than in the glass to me, and it's really i It sure pink. does. I've had a, I had a Chimney Rock Cab Franc. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Loved, loved, loved it. It's in one of those... Sm- thin like Alsatian shaped bottles of so Stalin. Cool. Or I love everything type. from yeah, I know, right? So this one is um it's from the Silva Vineyards. It's Cab Franc. Um it's nice and pink and it's refreshing and um you know, they're telling me that I should taste strawberry and basil and citrus zest. Oh wait, that's on the nose. Let's see if we taste if we smell that. Mm. But when you say basil, of course, I can I, taste I, it. I know. See, that's why I did that to you. I wanted to screw Thanks. with you. No, I mean, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I, I
1: can feel that. I can see that. Yeah,
0: right? But, you know, people are putting basil in lemonade these days. I love basil. There's nothing wrong with it. I would rub it. Well, I don't know. Does it work as deodorant? Because I'd rub it in my armpits, and I'd smell like basil all day, and that would be nice.
1: Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Nice and Combined herbal. with the oniony, earthy smell of B.O. See? Then and it's like, what's it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what's predated in that?
0: Okay so <laughs> is that why I'm single? No. <laughs> I've been rubbing uh, herbs under my pits. I'm seriously I have it's not been doing friends. that. Just kidding. Yeah, we believe you. All right, what do you think about this one? I like it. Mm. I like it a lot. You know, cap Franc is um a... ooh, this one gets me in the back too. it. has got a little tart to it. Yeah. And and we just came off the Provence too, so this is this more is of a got punch a lot in the more face. going on. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. A lot more. This is it's almost more savory, I would say. I totally get savory out of it. Like, uh, I want, I think I want some red sauce or some sun dried tomatoes or something along that line with this. Like maybe uh, the goat cheese or a brie that has some sun dried tomatoes on top of it. So you have that fatty, creamy, and then you've got that savory element to it on, on a cheese board or a charcuterie. I'm
1: feeling like some grilled veg would be great mm. with this. Like mm-hmm. grilled zucchini and eggplant and stuff like that. But then if you toss that, With, they're these little, they're almost like feta, but they're from France. And um, so it's it's goat cheese, but they're a little bit creamier.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: They're available at the grocery store in the little tubs, and it has a little um, Eiffel Tower on it. I love that crumbled cheese. And that tossed with like a cucumber salad or with uh, a grilled veggie situation. Mm -hmm. And you toss it with a little bit of that creamy uh, goat cheese crumble from France. That would be great with this.
0: This to me is an example of how. how uh, rosé is not wimpy you know it's got uh, it just has a lot like you said the savory it's got so much going on in it yeah and this is around 18 bucks it, you know
1: it's this is yeah. a good grilled salmon candidate too yeah Ooh. i keep going to the grill with this for some reason it could be because of the savory feelings. probably probably yeah, it could be my issue hmm. my problem
0: well <laughs> your issues and problems range far beyond <laughs> grilling but you know that's... so they only make
1: 400 cases of this yeah that's it
0: and we we've, huh. we've got a bottle Don't squander it. I will not. Don't use it for cooking. I'm not dumping it in my dump bucket. That is not happening. Oh, I just dumped a little, but I just, you know, I I know there's more. So we can move it along. More where that that came from. So, you know, one of the things that I particularly love about rosé, too, I mean, there are a lot of things to love about it, but it Mm -hmm. can be made from pretty much any grape. Doesn't mean that all grapes are going to make great Zen, but I mean, think about Zenfandel and Tempranillo and um, have you had one from Carignan? No. So I had a bunch of it. I, you know, I went to Languedoc a, a few years ago and I can remember, you know, drinking my face off in Carignan in whole different ways. And I don't really remember seeing any Rosé of Carignan in the States until now and it's called clam bake wine. Um, cute, cute. I know, right? right? And in the Languedoc, uh Carignan is very widely grown. It's used a lot in blends and it's even bottled on its own there. It's a very interesting grape. You yeah, know. this one is also nineteen bucks, right around that right 20, around that mm-hmm. twenty
1: uh, threshold. Um, this is uh, really dark in color; it's almost brownish, bricky.
0: It is kind of, isn't
1: it? Yeah. What do you think?
0: Well, you know, when you think about it, when you think about the grape, the Carignan grape, it kind of it kind of makes sense a little bit. I mean, it almost smells smoky. Yeah, because the uh, Carignan is a little earthy. It's got those characteristics. It has some spice and some red fruit. It's a more medium-bodied. And quite frankly, you know, when Languedoc was um, kind of had a bad reputation for a bunch of bulk, cheap, not not exciting wines. Yeah, Carignan was one of the reasons. It was kind of like a, somebody may argue with me on this, but kind of like how Merlot became over here, it just got yeah. overproduced, and there was so much of it that it was just meh. Yeah. And but they're really doing some great things with it, so I I like it.
1: I can see this standing up to a shrimp boil with uh, Old Bay seasoning. Even you well, know how this, Old Bay seasoning bags uh-huh. can kind of overwhelm a lot of whites or other things. I think this this could stand up to that.
0: Just by the nose, I don't. I think I'd be totally fooled with this in a blind tasting. I if I just smelled it and didn't look at the color, I don't know that I could. I would. I know I wouldn't be able to pick this out of anything.
1: Yeah, I would have guessed it was something Spanish, like a light Spanish uh-huh. red, like a light red. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No.
0: Mm. Just on the nose. I, I enjoy this. Mm-hmm. The story behind clam bake was um, this girl on the East Coast was challenged with making, getting some wine or making some wine for a clam bake, and led down a whole nother path for her and a whole other career path. And She started making some wine, and she's a millennial, and went out to California, and lo and behold, that's where the title came in. That was a really abridged version of the story. I'm sure it's a fun one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And
1: requires lots of wine. Mm -hmm. But it's called Clambake. It's from Mendocino. Right. Yeah. It's kind of nice to see Mendocino representing. You know?
0: I think it's a fun wine. Mm -hmm. Again, it's, it's very, it is acidic. It's a little tart. I get that cherry in there. It's a mouthful, though. It is. There's a lot going on in this. This, this is
1: like the polar opposite of the first one. Cool. Oh,
0: it totally fools you because I look at it and like, oh, it's kind of cute label and mm-hmm. dark color. I'm not having a whole lot of expectation, but man, this is this is I think this would be something wine geeks would really get behind.
1: Yeah, it did not come to play.
0: Uh-uh. <laughs> it did not. it's It's serious. But you think about you said the old bay seasoning and the term clam bake, and I just think, as you said, this would be a perfect. If that's what she was setting out to make, a wine that would be good for your clam bakes and your steamer pots and everything, and if it's limited edition for the summer and the spring, that's it's perfect. I would put this with some Cajun food too. Yeah, I was just thinking that
1: because we're going clam and then Old Mm -hmm. Bay and all that stuff, and then I'm like New England, and I'm like, yeah, but this would really stand up to some uh, like gumbo type stuff. And um, what's the other one? Gumbo and étouffée. Etouffee. Etouffee might be a little big for this. I'd probably go more Pinot Noir for etouffee, but just totally for gumbo.
0: But I can see like the the potatoes and the corn and everything yeah. soaked in all those. F- oh man, yeah, mm. that would be great for this. Yeah, oh, this, this is, is this is lovely.
1: Now I want Cajun food.
0: Well, <laughs> we can do that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I oh. gotta
1: overhaul my entire pantry.
0: Yeah, so again, that one's clam bake, And, you know, we're going to put all of these like we typically do on um, some type, one of our social media sites. And probably on the site that you're looking at now, you'll see some of the labels. So you can uh, look for them. The thing with Rosé, a lot of it's just, you know, these smaller productions like steel and Clambake. They're released this time of year. And uh, that, when they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, that's the thing. They usually don't make a whole lot of it because they're pretty
1: sure they're not going to be paying the bills with it. So they make a little bit because, you know, they have a passion for what they're doing and rosé is always fun. And then they almost always sell out. That's the problem.
0: You know, we always usually start a party with uh, bubbles, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Always a good way to start. Even a tasting, it's a good way to start. Well, you know what? (laughs) I want to end our party today with some bubbles.
1: Man, that just echoed and reverberated in the studio kind of weird with the padded walls.
0: I tried to make it do that. I know it's supposed to be like a kiss when you open. Like a little... No, but you did
1: John charles Bossé style. Just send well, it
0: across the room. And you know that that doesn't translate well a little kiss on, on when it's only audio. Yeah. So, and exactly. I'm and I'm not serving you. I'm not your sommelier. No. And I'm not going to pour properly. I'm going to reach across.
1: I am uh not much of a good server every time I try. I mean, I can do it perfectly at home, but then you know, in front of somebody else is when I'm going to miss the glass. I've done that before, too. <laughs> I done a big the glass. Reach. I did a reach, and I thought I had it lined up, and I just poured it right on the countertop.
0: My favorite is when you're trying to pour for someone, and they pick their glass up and move it toward you, and then they look at you like, ugh, how much no, you... No, and they
1: tilt it like you're pouring them a beer out of a keg. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's not natural light. You don't need to <laughs> tilt it to not get ahead on it.
0: And just stay put, because now you're going to blame me for your mistake. Yeah. Oh, Am I going on a rant? Yeah. Okay, sorry. We might be. So, um, so what's this sparkler? This is brand new from... Louis Pommery, Pomerie. Pommery. So, you know, they're known for champagne Pommery. Good old um, Louis. Yep. They introduced the Brut Champagne to the world back in the 1800s, like 1874, mm-hmm. if you want me to be exact, because I did look it up. So I decided I wanted to be geeky about it. It's nice to be precise. <laughs> well, they, uh, about three years ago, they started expanding and doing things in California. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, I think... Think. I'm not sure if this is the first or it's – well, obviously, it's only been three years since they've been there. But this is the rosé, so now they're doing a rosé. That is a pleasing rosé. It's uh, 76% Chardonnay, 24% Pinot Noir. It's, of course, made Method Champenois. Why would they do it any way different? The fermentation on the bottle and the aging on the lees. And- Could you
1: imagine a champagne producer going <laughs> to California doing Charmant Method?
0: No. We thought we'd make it like Prosecco out of nowhere. yeah You're going to be kicked out. <laughs> On your heels, you did it, Frenchman. (laughs) So this has a really nice fizz to it. I love the bubbles. And we're drinking out of a regular wine glass, by the way, so we can really get the... Full fizz. Mm -hmm.
1: Getting the full Mm -hmm. fizz. It's it's funny. I want to read you the label because we started off looking for the meaning of life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, gosh. It's so often on the back of a wine bottle. Mm -hmm. Um, When mankind is in tune with nature and it helps magnify its bounty... The result is self-evident. The California-grown sparkling wine, Louis Pomery is only the reflection of the beauty and freshness of nature in our glass. The whole becomes the expression of great grace and subtlety. That
0: was not subtle.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But the wine is kind of subtle. It's not in your face. So. I,
0: I love, you know, I am a, I'm a bubble hoe. Yeah, I know. I, you know, we all know this. I'm not, I'm not quiet about my hodom when it comes to sparkling wines. and. Speaking of hoe, I've wondered if um, in Idaho. has made me spit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wonder if in Idaho they make any um, like sparkling wine. I, I think that might, I'm sure people have tried. Where the hell did that come? Idaho Because you you're talking wine. about hoes. Okay. Because I always think hoe and then I think Idaho, no Utaho. So
0: I'll. <laughs> It's a problem. Maybe they make some sparkling corn wine. I don't know. Potato wine. Well, they should make vodka, vodka really. Right? Sparkling vodka? They should make vodka. I don't know. Anyway. We're on a tangent that's gonna go nowhere. It's we gonna go nowhere. start
1: a distillery making vodka out of Idaho potatoes.
0: But I do really love the mousse on this and that's it's great. Oh it's it's mm-hmm. it's kind of everything I, I want in a uh a sparkling rose.
1: Yeah, I'd absolutely buy that. Mm. How much is that, you Walking?
0: Know? I do not have the price on that one. I'm looking it up. I'm gonna. Okay. Look, I'm doing it. I'm gonna find out. I do it.
1: <clears throat> that was good. I like that one. That one's.
0: I and think the, that's my favorite. And the fact that we're ending on bubbles means the party's really just starting all over again. It is starting. So rose to me is one of those that kind of has an identity problem, a program uh, thing, like you talked about at the beginning. It's it's a red that kind of wants to be a white, but it's stuck in the middle somewhere, and it's misunderstood. Like a lot of things going on in our world right now (laughs) it's like the pretty girl who you just think is going to be a
1: complete snob but Mm -hmm. she turns out not to be a total snob I know she's actually pretty cool
0: so these are some good ones I like these so good. in honor of Rosé Day, go in, and pick up a few bottles, put a nice chill on them, and uh, enjoy and try ones from different grapes. I mean, that's one of the reasons we did this today is we wanted to try just not, not the regular Grenache Syrah or the Grenache. So many of them are made out of 100% mm-hmm. Grenache, but... Yeah, we've had some really cool grapes and, and, and combinations of grapes that offer some really lovely flavors.
1: Mm-hmm. They're, they're really good, and it's, it's like a little adventure, too. And you get a little bit of history in there, too. Mm-hmm. Grape Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producers for online media are Anna Hirano
0: and Tara Calligan. Technical production is by Mike Canary. Grape Minds theme music for Zante is by Colin Madden. To get in touch, check grapeminds.org or call the Grape Line and ask us a wine question. We will address it on a future show. That number is 707-200-3632. Thanks for listening.